Hello and welcome to this week's podcast edition of Scripps 5 Must Know Things. This time for the business week ended 3rd August 2021. This is Ian Haydock. This week, new US warnings for jack inhibitors, strong new heart failure results for Jardiance, good head-to-head results for Pfizer in atopic dermatitis, US payers and drug exclusion lists, and a look ahead at key expected haematology launches. The US FDA's concerns over the safety of Pfizer's Zeljans and Zeljans XR will result in new warnings and restrictions that will extend to the entire class of JAK inhibitors for rheumatoid arthritis and other inflammatory conditions, posing new commercial challenges for several key growth brands. The agency announced the results of a months-long review of the safety of Zeljans on 1st September, concluding that there is an increased risk of serious heart-related events such as heart attack, stroke, cancer, blood clots and death associated with the drug. The regulatory scrutiny was prompted by the results of Pfizer's long-term safety outcomes trial testing Zeljans, which showed higher rates of blood clots and death with the lower dose of the drug versus TNF inhibitors. Jessica Merrill writes that the agency is requiring new and updated warnings for Zeljans and extending those warnings to two other marketed JAK inhibitors, AbbVie's Rinvoc and Lily's Olimiant, even though those drugs were not directly linked to the adverse events. Olimiant and Rinvoc have not been studied in trials similar to the large safety clinical trial with Zeljans, so the risks have not been adequately evaluated, the FDA said in drug safety communications. However, since they share mechanisms of action with Zeljans, FDA considers that these medicines may have similar risks as seen in the Zeljans safety trial. The updated safety communication does not provide any clarity on the status of pending applications for indication expansion and appears to rule out any opportunity to expand the JAK inhibitors to the first-line setting in inflammatory conditions. The FDA said it would limit the use of the drugs only to patients who have not responded or cannot tolerate one or more TNF inhibitors. The advantage of JAK inhibitors is that they are oral medications rather than injected, but safety has long been a shadow, with existing warnings already including risk of infections, thrombosis and malignancies. Adjectives such as groundbreaking and game-changing have greeted the detailed results of the closely watched Emperor Preserved trial of Boehringer Ingelheim and Lilly's Jardiance, with investigators stating that the SGLT2 inhibitor is the first drug to show unequivocal benefit on major harmful outcomes in patients with heart failure and a preserved ejection fraction. Kevin Grogan writes that the results from the 5,988 patient study the highlights of the virtual European Society of Cardiology meeting showed that Jardiance plus standard of care demonstrated a 21% reduction for the composite primary endpoint of cardiovascular death or hospitalisation in adults with HFPEF compared with placebo plus SOC. The benefit was independent of ejection fraction, sex or diabetes status establishing Jardiance as the only treatment to significantly improve outcomes for the full spectrum of heart failure patients, and the results will do much to put to bed the view of some physicians that SGLT2 inhibitors are primarily diabetes drugs. 
Emperor preserved co-lead investigator Jayad Butler of the University of the Mississippi Medical Center told Scrip that the benefit was principally driven by a 27% relative risk reduction for hospitalization for heart failure, adding that while the 9% reduction seen in cardiovascular mortality failed to reach statistical significance, it was going in the right direction. He argued that it was more important to focus on the fact that with Jardiance, we have a therapy that works across the span of ejection fraction. HFPEF is generally defined as left ventricular ejection fraction of 50% or higher, while heart failure with reduced ejection fraction, for which Jardiance has just received US and EU approval, usually refers to LVEF of 40% or less. LVEF of 41% to 49% is defined as heart failure with mildly reduced ejection fraction. Emperor Preserved included 4,005 patients who had an LVEF of 50% or above and 1,983 who were below 50%. Butler noted that there would probably be a renewed debate about the way of describing the heart failure spectrum and whether preserved and reduced are still useful terms in clinical practice. But for me, in terms of taking care of the patient, the minute you make a diagnosis of heart failure, just go ahead and start the therapy while you do all the other appropriate things like ischemia evaluations and echocardiographies, which can take months, he said. Pfizer's oral JAK1 inhibitor, abrocitinib, outperformed Sanofi Regeneron's blockbuster Dupixent on efficacy in a head-to-head trial in atopic dermatitis, Pfizer reported on 30th August. The data are the first from a head-to-head trial comparing the two products, which work through different mechanisms of action. Jessica Merrill reports that abrocitinib, which is under review at the US FDA, could be a new competitor in the therapeutic area. It's administered orally, which could be an advantage over Dupixent, which is injected subcutaneously. But Dupixent has a strong foothold in the market and a well-characterised safety profile. The IL-4, IL-13 inhibitor antibody was the first biologic therapy approved for atopic dermatitis by the FDA in 2017. The FDA has delayed the action date for abrocitinib in atopic dermatitis and pushed back the review of other drugs in the JAK class due to safety concerns. Pfizer released only the top-line data from the Phase 3 head-to-head trial, JADE-DARE, but said the trial met its co-primary endpoints and key secondary efficacy endpoints comparing the higher 200mg dose of abrocitinib versus dupilumab 300mg in adults on background topical therapy with moderate to severe atopic dermatitis. A larger percentage of patients treated with abrocitinib experienced adverse events, however, compared to dupilumab, but the proportion of patients who experienced serious adverse events Severe events or adverse events leading to study discontinuation were similar in both treatment arms. Two deaths occurred in patients treated with abrocitinib, which were deemed unrelated to the study drug by the investigator, according to Pfizer. Pfizer's US NDA for abrocitinib is based on the Phase 3 JADE clinical trial program, which compared the drug to placebo and showed improvements in skin clearance and disease severity. Pfizer said it would share the data with the FDA and other regulatory agencies and that it would disclose the full data at a future medical meeting.
Jessica also writes that drug exclusion lists have become a valuable tool for payers in the US to restrict access to drugs or to extract higher rebates from pharmaceutical manufacturers. The number of drugs excluded from formularies by each of the top three pharmaceutical benefit managers, CVS Caremark, Cigna Corp's Express Scripts and United Health Group's Optum Rx, exceeded 400 in 2021, representing a substantial change to the way PBMs leverage formulary access to negotiate with drug makers compared to just five years ago. Drug exclusion lists only emerged as a tool in payers' armamentarium about 10 years ago, and their use was still relatively restricted until around 2016. In the last five years, however, the number of drugs included on exclusion lists has ballooned. In 2021, 417 drugs were excluded by CVS Caremark, 450 by Express Scripts, and 476 by Optum Rx, according to the most recent edition of The Price of Global Health. The exclusion lists are the new third tier, said Ed Schoenbelt, author of The Price of Global Health and a market access and drug pricing consultant at ZS Associates. This has been a very powerful tool for PBMs, he said. Express Scripts recently released its list of formulary exclusions for 2022, including several previous exclusions and some new ones in areas like diabetes and biosimilars. CVS Caremark was the first adopter of the market access strategy in 2012, with Express Scripts following in 2014. At the time, the payers said the exclusion lists were established in response to drug price increases and widespread use of copay assistance cards, which allowed drug makers to navigate around formulary tier restrictions. In 2021, Express Scripts and OptumRx both outpaced CVS Caremark in terms of the number of drugs being excluded. Now, drug makers say the rise in formulary exclusion lists is contributing to the widening delta between drug list prices and net prices, the price of a drug after rebates and discounts, and the need for rebate reform. In Johnson & Johnson's 2021 Drug Pricing Transparency Report, the company pointed to the growth in drug exclusion lists as a contributing factor to increasing list prices, resulting in an untenable pattern in which steep rebates are being used to offset list prices. The company said the number of drugs placed on exclusion lists has nearly quadrupled from 2016 to 2020 and that payer consolidation, such that 74% of prescriptions in the US are now processed through three PBMs, has been a factor. Finally, in the newest in a series of infographic articles, Scripps takes a look at some of the key novel products expected to reach the market in 2022 in a cross-section of therapy areas. This time, with input from BiomedTracker, we look at five new haematology products that could make their market debuts or return next year. Alex Shimmings writes that Sanofi's Haemophilia A therapy, BIVV001, is set to present a challenge to Roche and Genentech's prophylaxis product, Hemlibra, and could corner a sizable chunk of the on-demand market for Factor VIII products if it surmounts its final clinical and regulatory hurdles. The product has a US fast-track designation and assuming positive results in the Phase three Extend 1 trial expected in January 2022, 
Current timelines indicate the Dragon will gain approval in the second half of next year, with a potential launch at the end of 2022. Approval and launch in the EU are not expected until 2023 or 24, however. Among the other dregs covered in this forward-looking piece are Sanofi's Fitusiren, a first-in-class RNA-targeting antithrombin, being investigated for the treatment of all haemophilia A and B patients with or without inhibitors, Unicure's gene therapy, AMT061, which remains on track for a 2021 US BLA filing and may become the first-to-market gene therapy for haemophilia, and Pfizer's gene therapy for haemophilia B, PF6838435, which has shown impressive efficacy data with an annualised bleed rate below 1. That's all for this week. Thanks as always for listening. And don't forget to access the full articles mentioned here in the article accompanying this podcast and to sign up for a free trial if you're not already a subscriber. Bye for now.